Whispers on CLNS Media. That man's name is Calvin Chamberlain, and he is probably smiling from ear to ear right now. Uh, uh, there's a lot to talk about tonight. We will be getting into the Celtics, the Lakers, maybe some Houston Rockets talk. There's a lot going on with them right now. Um, but we're going to start with Los Angeles because that's where the big move happened, even though it's not the one that's close to home for this network. Um, and feel free to give us a call over the course of the show, 323-642-1484. Calvin, my friend, how are you feeling? Um, I have a decidedly mixed feeling, the, the most mixed of feelings. And Interesting. It's, it's okay. I, I'm, not, I'm not as over the moon as you might think. Um, it's interesting because... Yeah, we are going to talk about Lakers and then Celtics, but this this whole scenario it, it's kind of intertwined with our two teams, right? I mean, there's a lot. Look, it's it's almost like we have to talk about we have to talk about Anthony Davis in the context of the trade that happened, but also we have to talk about Anthony Davis in the context of the trade that didn't happen with Boston. Mm-hmm. We can't. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I maybe you don't want to do that, but like, but like it's been. It's been a topic of so many conversations, right? Doing post game shows or just on our show about like <clears throat> the Celtics having all this a- all these assets and what they're building towards and whether or not they should make the deal. So it's definitely we have to get into that aspect of of this particular deal before we get into you know what's going on in, in Boston with their own free agents. But yeah, we'll, we'll, we can start off with with the deal that actually went down. Um, the it, it was interesting to see. You know, right after uh, Toronto won the NBA Finals, congrats to them, by the way. And we have—I don't know if we—we we haven't had a show since then, right? Um, uh, no, we did. We had a actually. Did we have an NBA Finals show? We had a show during the finals, just not after the, the NBA Finals, finals but during the finals. Yeah, they hadn't won yet. The I think they were up though. Yeah, yeah. So, can, so congrats to them. Um, I just we might as well briefly touch on that. Uh, I, I, you know, a lot of people want to say, well, the Warriors weren't healthy, but like the Warriors had so much uh, injury luck over the course of their, that I, I don't believe in like putting asterisks uh, on any kind of championship. I've always thought that's stupid. Um, so uh, I will not be putting any asterisks on, on the Raptors. Well deserved. Congratulations. We'll see what happens with Kawhi. Do you agree with me on that? No asterisks? Um, no, I mean, I, Probably not, because I think Toronto would have at least brought it to seven had Golden State been healthy. And even though I picked the Warriors to win in seven prior to that series, uh, I would not be surprised if they had figured it out. Because Kawhi, over the course of the past couple months, has proven to be one of the top three players in the league. So um, I believe that he could have he, he could have carried those guys on his back, and everybody else stepped up for Toronto as well. So I'm not I'm not really looking at it that way either, because. Even though Thompson got hurt in, in Game Six, he was there the rest of the series for the most part, and Steph Curry was still there. He's still a, an MVP type of player. Um, so for them to not have Durant, they're so deep anyway. Cousins was supposed to have more of an impact than he did, and I think that's because of things that Toronto did, and not necessarily because the Warriors just weren't that great or something like that. So I don't believe in that notion of the asterisk. Uh, um, so I'm with you on that one, 
And I, I feel like t- Kawhi is going to dictate one of the, the next contenders. And it's, we'll see where he goes. I've heard the Clippers. I've heard uh, that he stays in Toronto. Maybe he could pick somewhere totally random. Maybe Danny Ainge pushes real hard for Kawhi Leonard now. And it, he, he finds a way to bring Kawhi in and, and ship off some of the younger talent that would be creating a log jam at that, at that position. But we'll, we'll wait and see. That's all speculation. Uh, so, yeah, congrats to the Raptors. And I, I thought they deserved it. I think it's good for the league. And I think it's good for the, the, the country of Canada to finally win one. Good for them. Okay, Ray. Uh, back, back to the meat. Like, I think it'll be interesting. Maybe next time we do a show, I, I'd like to, to, to reassess NBA player rankings. But for now, um, do you have, do you have uh, access to the board? Can I, can I get the music? I, I don't know. You know if I want the music, but I think I do. Can I have the music? Party time for you? Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You. Oh, there we go. It's, uh, party time for Cal. Yeah. Party is that. Uh, yeah. Are you, anyway, uh, are you that I... excited? This is this is a big deal for you guys out there. I know everybody's going crazy. It It, it is a big deal. I found it interesting. That, that's what I was going to say before I got derailed. I found it interesting that, like, right after the NBA Finals, uh, Vegas, well before the Anthony Davis trade, had the Lakers as the favorites to win the the next year's NBA title, I, it kind of goes to show the amount of inevitability that was connected to this particular trade to a degree, right? Like, otherwise, why would you, if you're Las Vegas, why would you consider putting the Lakers, a team that didn't make the playoffs, up as, as next year's favorite to be NBA champion without knowing whether or not that trade was going to be completed? Do you think... Did it, did it feel like that much of a foregone conclusion to you? Because I thought at one point it was going to be this thing that was going to, like, take up part of the summer, and that was the whole thing about how, like, uh, part of the argument was part of the reason why this, the, the Pelicans waited on making that trade was because the Celtics couldn't make it at the time. But it never really felt like they were legitimately part of, of the trade. In fact, the only other suitor it seemed to really exist was the Knicks, a team that did not really have the assets to even be considered serious. Sure. Um, yeah. I mean, all indications were that the Celtics were the, the front runners as far as assets were concerned. Um, but then I mean, David Griffin showed up there and he changed the tune in New Orleans, I think. And uh, you, you saw at, at the trade deadline that he was – Actually, I'm not sure if he was – I don't think he was there at that point. It was Del Demp still. They were unwilling to, to part with the uh, – with some of the, the – or he, they, weren't un, they weren't willing to part with Anthony Davis for the return that they were going to get, which some would argue is a little bit worse now than it was back then. Some people argue that that deal that they had then was, was a better deal because Kuzma was involved. But however you look at it, uh, I, I feel like David Griffin knows what he's doing and – as shrewd as Danny Ainge can be, I bet Griffin just said, "Listen, this is the deal. If you don't want to match it, we're gonna we're gonna move him." And Ainge, Ainge decided to stand pat as far as not giving up Jason Tatum is concerned by the accounts that I've seen. And um, I mean, we get into that a little in a little while as to whether that's a good move or not. But it ended up being that the, the Lakers were the, the next best offer. And that's where he wanted to go. So who knows? You can, we can get into any sort of conspiracy theories you want. 
David Griffin's connections to LeBron, maybe that helped things a little bit. Magic Johnson not being there anymore, who knows if that was uh, something that, that helped things along. Um, but ultimately, the player wanted to be there anyway, and New Orleans did get a, a pretty good haul in return. They have a plethora of draft picks that immediately might be better than they are down the line. But by the end of it, you, the Lakers, who knows, they, if LeBron James is on the edge of retirement, the Lakers could be mediocre again, and that draft pick in uh, three or four years might be okay. You know, it might be a decent pick. So I feel like the risk is there, uh, but <clears throat> the reward could be pretty high, uh, especially looking at the players that they got. <clears throat> I just I think Josh Hart is going to be a great player. And even though they couldn't get Kuzma, everybody's high on Brandon Ingram. So uh, I just they they got two players that I think are going to be solid players for the rest of their careers and, and uh, long careers in the league, and then Lonzo Ball. So we'll see how it goes with that guy. But um, I will never be sold on him, I don't think. So New Orleans got a good deal out of it, and you can't fault them for that. And uh, it's just people are going to start blaming Danny Ainge, but – I would like to just say before we do get into Celtics talk, don't blame Danny Ainge for something that hasn't happened yet. See, Wait to see where the dominoes fall. Regardless of who leaves the Celtics or who comes back or what have you, he'll have some sort of a plan, and it's not going to be to tank, not with these young players on the team that, that he still has this much talent. So wait to see what happens and then criticize him. I'm not going to be taking calls on Ainge bashing tonight. But anyway, let's stick with the Lakers because you got your man. However, it happened. I don't know. Yeah, I don't no, think. I don't think it's a lockdown championship caliber team right this second. You still need something else over there, and we'll see what how the salary cap shakes out. But definitely back in contention. Definitely a playoff team again for sure. I mean, you you had so many things in there that I want to touch, be it like Do it. Uh, you're, 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 be it your bashing of Lonzo Ball, you're sort of writing off Brandon Ingram, who was averaged 21 points a game in the second half of the season last year. No, uh, no, no. I'm not writing off Brandon Ingram. I'm just trying to say that people like him more than I do. I think he's going to be a great player going forward, but I just oh, I don't look at him as a cornerstone. That's funny because people like Jason Tatum way more than I do, apparently, and apparently including everyone in Boston. And I'm not convinced Danny Ainge. You hit on this on the Jason Tatum part of the thing. It's, it's almost making me want to go to that right now, but I, I have so many more thoughts on the Lakers part. That here, here's the thing. So we set all that up, right? The, the Knicks don't have the assets to get them. The, the Knicks' best young player is uh, Mitchell Robinson. Give me a break with that. All right, whatever you think about the Lakers' assets. Like, we can agree that, the, like, Dennis Smith and Mitchell Robinson aren't getting it done, right? I don't – here's the thing. I'm not convinced that the, the Celtics had the assets to get the deal done uh, after the Lakers lucked into the number four pick anyway mm. in the draft. To me, that's that's probably the swing that makes it rather difficult. The Celtics, you know – That's they're including conspiracy both theory in and of itself, but go ahead. Yeah. In, unless we're talking Tatum and Brown and a similar pick – Comp, then, then maybe we get to a comparable place. But beyond that, I don't think that the Celtics had the assets to to get there, or at least, if it, you know, if, if the Celtics throw everything they have on the table, like I said, Tatum, Brown, three three first round picks and a pick swap, like the Lakers did, then then it's a conversational piece to me. But I, I or it's a, a comparable piece is what I meant to say. Uh, 
But other than that, but it doesn't make sense for the Celtics to make that deal for obvious reasons, right? I don't think this this whole notion. I mean, we're going right into the Celtics thing, but it's fine. I, I'm going to get back to the Lakers in a second. The whole notion that like Danny Ainge just wasn't willing to include Jason Tatum in the deal is like that's fair, but only it's only fair given the circumstances, right? The idea that but it, but it's being put out there by Celtics fans, or I'm just seeing it put out there as somehow like trading for Anthony Davis is not worth giving up the potential of Jason Tatum. And inherently in a vacuum, that's ridiculous because Jason Tatum will never be the basketball player that Anthony Davis is. The, the, the difference in narrative is the fact that it maybe Jason Tatum is not worth trading to get Anthony Davis under the idea that Anthony Davis doesn't want to be in Boston and you're, and you're losing Kyrie and Horford. Uh, and there's an idea, or at least Kyrie, right at the time, and there's a, there's a notion that like, well, if we trade for Anthony Davis and Kyrie leaves, then we're trading all this for a Davis. What is our likelihood of retaining Davis at that point? Maybe it's not worth the notion of getting him for one year and then losing out on him. That to me is fair. But the idea that like Jason Tatum as a young prospect is worth so much that you couldn't possibly give him up in an Anthony Davis trade is a ludicrous notion. It, that's a ludicrous idea. And anyone who thinks I would never give up Jason Tatum to get Anthony Davis is an idiot. That's what I'm telling. All right. You can you can disagree with me if you want, but that's that's a dumb notion. Jason Tatum is not going to be better than Anthony Davis. Or even no, you're Davis. right. He's not. But it, Jason Tatum for potentially call it uh, eight years, it, it, I would argue could be better than Anthony Davis for one. And and that's if that was a real yeah, concern. Normally, normally Danny Ainge would take that risk and he would say, forget it, let's try and bring the guy in. He did it with Kyrie, but he had a little bit more than a year. Uh, he, so, and other than that, he hasn't really had instances where that happens. Um, but other than that, I mean, he tries to weigh, as far as I can tell, he tries to weigh long-term success at a above-average level more than short-term success at a very high level. And I, I just, depending on what you're talking about here, I just, I don't think bringing Anthony Davis to Boston was going to guarantee them to be the number one contender in the East. Listen, he's a, he's a stud superstar once in a lifetime talent, but he also can't stay healthy. He also has only won one playoff series in his entire career. And to say there's plenty of reasons behind that, obviously, but if you're really that type of player, number one, number two in the league, you should be able to get out of the first round in the playoffs without Rajon Rondo's help. Okay. And another criticism that I have of this guy is that he seems to have the attitude that granted uh, a majority of younger players seem to have nowadays in that he, he just, he comes across as not necessarily caring so much about basketball. Now I'm having a little bit of deja vu here because I said the same things about Kawhi Leonard when he was dodging the Spurs and he was talking about medical issues and all this stuff. And I need to take all of that back because he has proven that completely wrong. And I've said that a million times on, on the air. So I take it back about Kawhi Leonard. I feel like Anthony Davis is a different type of guy and I just saw it with Kyrie Irving where if he's not really engaged and he doesn't necessarily want to be in a place then it's not going to do you any good so in that regard 
I don't blame the Celtics for not making a deal for a guy for one year when they think that they can have a, a guy that they prefer and not necessarily prefer, but they have a guy that is going to play harder for them over a, a longer period of time. And I don't know, maybe that's flawed logic, but it's, it's the whole question that goes back to, do you want to be a, a team that's tough to watch and potentially a championship contender or a team that you really enjoy watching and is going to fall short and you're okay with that. And that's where Celtics fans have stood for the last two years. Now, I can look, I can get behind with all, all of that. Like I said, I don't think it was a wise decision for the Celtics to trade for Anthony Davis. Uh, I was just pushing back on the notion that, that it wouldn't be a wise decision to trade for Anthony Davis because they'd have to give up the, the great and all-powerful Jason Tatum. I think Tatum's been somewhat overhyped as a prospect. He's, he, he is good. He has all-star potential. That's fine. But so do a lot of players. He hasn't actualized that yet. A lot of players have potential. I don't think Jason Tatum is, you know, he, he, he doesn't, he is basically good in a lot of different aspects of basketball, but he is not even like, look, if you want to take a type like, like Ben Simmons, for example, a player who's clearly unfinished, has a lot of flaws, right? But the things that he is good at, he is so good at that you can, you could potentially see him overcoming those other aspects and becoming a, an A-level superstar player. That's fine. Tatum to me is more of just a well-rounded guy who is pretty good at a lot of aspects of basketball. He can be an all-star guy, but do I think he's ever going to be a superstar? I, I do not. And, but maybe some people do. Maybe Danny Ainge does. I know Celtics fans are definitely optimistic on him, but I, but I don't think he's actually shown that to a degree where you you would say I wouldn't give him up for Anthony Davis. I think the timing of the deal and the fact that that uh, you know Rich Paul. Rich Paul and Anthony Davis' family, some of like are trying hard to keep him out of Boston. All of those are reasons, and, and the fact that he's only had a contract for one year, all reasons not to trade for him. You went back to the Kawhi deal, right? There, as I said about the Kawhi deal at the time, okay, the Kawhi deal made sense because it got them out of, of Demar Derozan's contract. And even if, and what I said is, even if Kawhi, even if it if it leaves Kawhi, uh, leaves after one year, it's still a good deal because it frees up a bunch of money for the Raptors. They don't have to deal with the Rosen's contract. They open up space for younger guys. Now, I didn't expect them to win. I didn't expect them to win a championship. Obviously, that makes it worth it as well. But even if they hadn't won the championship, that's still a good deal no matter what. Okay? It's not the same if the Celtics trade for Anthony Davis, which is why, circling, circling this back to the Lakers and my original point, this is why I have a mixed feelings for it. This is, here, look, the Lakers tried to make the deal for Anthony Davis at the trade deadline. They were they were struggling, but they were a team that was, uh, you know, right there on the edge of of making the playoffs. They could have they could have made the deal at the time. They offered the Pelicans all kinds of crap, right? And then there was some sort of like uh, hard feeling situation between the Pelicans and the Lakers, where it came out like that supposedly the Pelicans were kind of like trolling the Lakers and trying to like. Uh, so discord between them because they resented the way that uh, like Magic Johnson and Palinka had, had tried to negotiate publicly and how like, you know, Rich Paul had sort of you know, uh, tried to create a hostage situation with Davis. All of, the, all of that was like, okay, it became some kind of personal thing and they didn't want to make the deal at the time. And then there was a secondary notion of, yeah, the Celtics are going to have all these assets that are going to be free in the offseason. That's fine. They made a personal thing. So here's the thing, they, they, what they offered then, to, to my mind, 
is they didn't offer three first round picks and a pick swap then. I will tell you that. And they didn't have the number four pick in the draft then. So yeah, I don't. First of all, I don't value Kyle Kuzma uh, as hard as uh, other people, including Lakers fans. I would rather have had Lonzo or Ingram in this situation. So or the number four pick. So yeah, so that's the thing that bothers me. Um, Kyle Kuzma doesn't play defense. He's an older, older young player. He's like 24 already. Um, I do like him. I just don't like him as much as uh, I mean. I like him a little bit more than Hart, but uh, the other the other two guys I like significantly more than Kuzma. I, them deciding that we have to hold on to Kuzma is just like a ludicrous notion to me, and then give up more draft picks on the back end is it, 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 it's a dumb notion to me, Rory. Um, especially again considering they could have had him for that year and a half alright so they're trading for him under his current contract so they could have had him for that year and a half they offered less so instead they're getting him they're getting one year of Anthony Davis from the Pelicans the, the Pelicans year of Anthony Davis and they gave up an outrageous sum for it and, and I understand he's a superstar he's one of the NBA's best players I don't have the criticism I think your, your criticism about him not winning in the playoffs is it's totally unfair. It's actually a pet peeve of mine because if you look at his actual playoff numbers, especially like against the Warriors, he was putting up like 38 points a game in that series. He was doing everything. It was like 38 and 18. He, he has done what, like he's done a lot in the playoffs. It's just that his teams have not performed well. Um, with the exception of True Holiday, they were they've been a two man team. That's fine. They haven't been good enough. I I don't think I think with LeBron. Especially if LeBron is still any kind of facsimile of LeBron next year, that's going to be probably the league's most devastating pick and roll combo of maybe of all time that I can possibly think of. So that'll be interesting. We'll we'll see what happens with the rest of the roster. I have some thoughts on that, but I still think, given the amount of leverage Roy, that the Lakers had in this situation in. Okay, I understand they don't want to wait another year and wait for him to become a free agent, or he probably comes to L.A. anyway because LeBron is late in the prime, and we already saw it backfire with Paul George. They have to trade for him. That's fine. But I don't think, given the market and the teams that were in it, and again, the Celtics being in a position where it was going to be difficult for them to trade for Anthony Davis, especially given the context of how Kyrie Irving has been talking about wanting to leave, um, or at least you know, not directly, but like through here, through rumors and through all his associates, it's all said that he's, he's trying to leave. I, I don't think Ainge was going to pull the trigger on that deal anyway. I don't think the Knicks had anywhere near what the Lakers had to offer. They had that number four pick in the bag. It just doesn't make sense to me to offer that many picks for one year of a guy's contract, given that you could probably get him anyway. And you look at the other dudes who've been traded one year left in their contract, you look at the Ka- look at the Kawhi trade. I understand Kawhi's coming off an injury. That's fine. Look at the Paul George trade. Tell me, show me one of these trades that's comparable to what the Lakers gave up for Anthony Davis. Look, I'm happy that he's here. Again, great, all top ten player. I think he's probably a top five player. But, but, given and, and he's probably worth it. He probably is worth it. Okay, but they didn't have to do it. That's that's what my problem is. It was still dumb of them. And then on top of all of that, Murray. On top of all of those things, how do they make this trade, okay, without negotiating in the fact that it needed to be completed on July 30th instead of July 6th, so the Lakers would have the full 32 million instead of they're only they're only going to have 23 million potentially if uh, if 
Anthony Davis doesn't wave his trade kicker, which is up in the air. They could have $27 million if he does that. Um, try, I, apparently, they're trying to make some other deal uh, to get rid of the rookies from last season to get them up to 32. I think they'll, they'll probably do it, but the point is they shouldn't have to. Considering how much they gave up, they shouldn't. Why does New Orleans still have the leverage in this situation to do more? It's, it's ludicrous to me. It's dumb. Um, I don't, I don't know. I mean, New Orleans. David Griffin seems to have fleeced the Lakers, in your opinion. I mean, with all those picks, that's, that's, one year exactly guy, but you have that. But you know what? They probably have that that assurance that he's going to sign long-term after the, the year is over. And I know you can't think that way or technically you're not supposed to know that information, but I think that they are okay with giving up some extra stuff because they know he's going to sign. And I understand what you're oh, saying. Yeah. That you should, that you should be more shrewd than that. Uh, but it, it's, it's a matter of David Griffin kind of, kind of having them over a barrel and, and saying, this is the, the way it's going to be. If you don't do this, I'm going to pull the trigger with Boston. Who knows? Uh, and while I, I would say they could have waited it out, you know, they could have waited a, long, a little bit longer to see what actually unfolded and tried to get him to to bend a little bit. But I, I don't know. Am I missing the point here? Yeah, I, I, I think you are because they didn't have him over a barrel. I'm I would go the other. I'm going the other way with it. I think that the Lakers. Look, I mean, we can we can we didn't have a show when that just ridiculous article came out just uh, destroying Lakers front office. It was pretty hilarious. Uh, I don't know if you read that article, Ray. Did you read that article? It was pretty amazing. No, I uh, no unfortunately. Uh, well, I, I, I recommend reading it. Because there's, a, there's just this, especially in regards to Rob Polinka, there's this uh, uh, Heath Ledger story where uh, where Rob Polinka said that Kobe Oh, oh I heard this. I heard this. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah he said that Kobe watched The Dark Knight, and then he was like, wow. Heath Ledger really like did a great job in that. I wonder how he prepares for his role. Can you set me up with a dinner with Heath Ledger? And then Kobe really learned a lot from that dinner and how to prepare and a lot about intensity. When Heath Ledger died six months before The Dark Knight came out. That's right. So Rob Palenka, blatant liar. But you know what, Calvin? People get yeah. really far, especially in this country nowadays. Uh, they get to high levels of many places by lying blatantly blatantly lying on camera on tape on on video whatever whatever you want to call it blatantly lying and people turn the other way they don't care so good for Rob Palenka to just blatantly lie about uh, a meeting of between Kobe Bryant and a, and a dead man good that's very good yeah I just feel like if if the Lakers uh, front office was a little bit better at reading the tea leaves. They would realize that, A, again, the Knicks would, did not have the assets to compete with the Lakers in this trade. Okay, the Celtics did not make sense for them to, to approach the level. In fact, they should have, they should have made I, – I, I guess maybe it was a little bit more up in the air, right, at the, at, uh, the trade deadline when theoretically Kyrie Irving was coming back to Boston where – as now, I, I feel like it's pretty apparent he's not, right? So maybe at the time you say, yeah, yeah the, the Celtics have all these assets to create uh, an AD Kyrie situation, uh, and then, you know, maybe they're willing to give up all their dues to create this championship team, which might have been, like, that might have been the smart thing to do, right, given the context. But now maybe 
And, but regardless, regardless of whether that was the case at the time, they couldn't they couldn't do the deal at the time because of the uh, uh, rule that stipulates you can't have two Rose players on the same team. So that was already not going to happen. Um, now it was not going to happen. I mean, now it just didn't make sense for Boston to make that deal, even though I, even though it still seemed to be a thing that has been talked about around Boston, like the idea of trading for Anthony Davis before the trade happened. Now, if I'm wrong, but it, it still seemed to be up in the air enough. But it probably wasn't realistic. And I don't. What, what other suitor? I understand there's always like another suitor out there, but I, just given the market, like it would have dragged out for a period of time. Um, maybe you want to argue there's some urgency to make that trade quickly because the Lakers have the fourth pick in the draft and in order to in like entice New Orleans, you had to get that deal done uh, ahead of time. But I think you can still, you, you know, if they drafted Darius Garland or if they drafted, uh, so Orleans is trying to trade that pick anyway. So you could still have drafted a player and made that player part of the trade. It might have been more difficult, but I don't think like. It's not going to end. That that's where I'm at. It's not going to end the deal, and it's. I don't think that they had. I'm not saying you you smart. You, I'm not saying like you. Oh, you have them over a barrel, and you can offer nothing for Davis. Because yes, they had to get Anthony Davis because LeBron. Who knows how many great years LeBron has left, right? But I think you have to do that deal in a way that immediately nets you enough for a max player one, because they they're going to have to look. They're making this deal right. to try to win a championship next year. Okay, so the fact that they have to do another deal now on top of that to get that max player, and I'm not, yeah, I I, I think it's it's still smart to trade for him because again so, Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis plus LeBron plus Los Angeles. If you are telling me now, okay, that I'm that I am to expect, then you and you can you can like look at me negatively right now and be the naysayer, or if a caller wants to comment and tell me that you're telling me right now that you think that by the end of the summer the Lakers won't have another star, I, I tend to find that unlikely. But if that's the case, Rory, well, then I'm going to look back unfavorably on this should, deal. If, if they don't have another, let's call it a second-tier star, maybe even yeah. a third-tier star, then that's a major failure on the Lakers' part because they did free up some cap space here. Now, if they had waited a little bit, a little bit longer to, to put this out there, or make it official if they wait till the end of July, then you'll have even more cap space to play with if you're the Lakers, and you should be able to sign a max player. So you're right. They should have another second to third tier player, and if they don't get one, then that's a failure on their part. But I would say that it's already a little bit of a failure by not at least giving themselves the opportunity to sign that max player. So if this deal does go down on July 6th, like people are saying it's going to, then to me, Calvin, I don't know. That's, that's the Lakers making a mistake. And that's David Griffin pushing them saying, listen, I've got, I've got other deals here that I'm willing to make. And if you guys don't want to pull the trigger, then, then I'm going to walk away. And that's, that's the only thing that I can think of that would make the Lakers do what they, what they did is that David Griffin is a better GM than uh, let's let's call it 27 of the other GMs in the league. I, I'm sure there's a couple out there that are better than him. Danny Ainge not looking so hot right now. Um, but either way, yeah. I, 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 I feel like you're underestimating the power of David Griffin and just what what he brings to the table. So 
Um, maybe, Marie, maybe I am, but you have to be able to read the market. That's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. Oh, they, hey, listen. Even, that's why I'm saying look, look, it's, look, look. A, it's, I don't it's, mind. A, it's already a failure on the Lakers' part, even though they got the, the guy they wanted. They gave up a lot for him, and they didn't put themselves in, in a prime position. They put themselves in a really good position, but it's not as good as it could have been. I don't mind them giving up a lot for Anthony Davis because, like I said, I talked about him being great. Love Anthony Davis. Love everything he brings. Yeah. He, I don't love uh, his injury history, but it's, it's always usually minor enough to where he, like, like yeah, it's a problem where he, he's going to miss 20 games a year, but it's not, we're not talking about, like, constant Achilles tears or any, anything to the degree that I'm extremely worried about that considering his age, right? Sure. 26-year-old prime player. Um, yeah, Le- LeBron is older, so as he ages out, especially if we get what, whatever third player we get, if that player fits with Anthony Davis at all, then I'm then I'm fine with it. Um, I mean, you know, as far as I'm concerned, bring on, bring on Kyrie, right? <laughs> I mean, you, 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 might, you might as well you, you might as well bring back the the complete range of like Celtics. I want Celtics Lakers rivalry to just be completely back, but. Oh man, people um, would be so mad because that would be Kyrie taking a, a pretty big pay cut. He would be, he would get twenty five million when he really could probably be making what's it going to be thirty or thirty five? Like uh, that seems crazy to me if he would do that. But who knows? That would be that would be a, a total one eighty from Kyrie Irving about in regards to playing with LeBron James. And maybe he's just a championship seeker. Maybe he's just hunting that title now. Who knows? Um, but I mean, anyway, what, what do, you, do you want to hear from I, Sam in San Diego, actually? Yeah, put him on. Put him on. All right. He's been waiting for uh, a little while here, patiently, as usual. Sam, how you doing, man? You doing okay? What's going on? Yeah, I wanted to call in and comment on, on – I, I get I get what Calvin is saying because in retrospect, obviously it, it appears that they could have given up – the Lakers could have given up a lot less. But I think the leverage was that – the leverage was there because – the leverage was the Lakers' fear because they had to make this deal, right? If they didn't get Anthony Davis, there was no other pathway to get players because it doesn't appear that they were going to get a free agent. Um, so, I, I mean, I feel your, I feel your pain there. I, I think I disagree with that part of it because, like, if, if they don't make this trade, then they do have the, the money for our max free agent. I think, like, they they still probably end up with a Kemba, you know, a Kemba Walker or whoever, whoever the player is that they sign, maybe a Jimmy Butler or a Kemba Walker. I just don't think that LeBron plus Jimmy Butler or LeBron plus Kemba Walker is enough for the Lakers to win the title. And in that context, what's the point, right? What's the point of bringing LeBron in? What's, so I think that's where the leverage comes in, which is, like, Time crunch on the on the end of LeBron's prime necessitates being a top ten player. I think that also I think that you know the destruction of the Warriors in terms of two Achilles tears opens up the league in a way. And by, hey, by the way, coincidentally, the destruction of the Rockets right opens up next year's title in a way that probably makes it urgent as well. But I I think that it's I think it's to me it's just the caliber of Anthony Davis. I think that they because they were going to have money for a a max player anyway. I, I think they they probably would have gotten one. Um, I just don't think that player was going to be as good as Anthony Davis because Kawhi didn't. Kawhi apparently does not particularly care for LeBron, so that's not probably not going to happen. And and while while I feel your pain, I mean, just think about it. What it feels like as a Celtics fan, like like you said, it, it does appear that Polinka may may have made a mistake there. Um, and how do you think it feels as a Celtics fan to? 
still have the Lakers get the player they want despite the front office being a mess. I mean, it's uh, it's it's hard to fathom. It's very strange. It's yeah, very strange, it's, it's, and that's yeah. kind of been a little bit of a narrative here for the past couple of days in Boston, on Boston radio anyway, in that people are saying that, oh, the Celtics are a model organization and all this stuff. They're, they're the best organization, one of the best to, to play for, and the Lakers have been a dumpster fire for five or six years. They're nothing special. Look at last year. They're, they're, they're nothing. But still, players would rather go to the Lakers than the Celtics, and it's been that way forever. And it's kind of mind-blowing if you're looking at it from this angle. Uh, but, Calvin, I'm sure the, the sun and stuff out there is, is just overwhelming, right? That's why they, they want to go out there. What is it about the damn Lakers? I don't get it. Well, that's, that's another thing that you, that you bring up, which is that, like, look, as a Laker fan, I can, it, it looks like the Celtics are about to become a version of the Lakers in the sense that, you know, Horford's leaving, right, uh, probably, and Irving is almost certainly leaving. And at that point, the Celtics can, given if, if they renounce Rogier and Marcus Morris, which we can get into in a few minutes if you want, or with Sam, um, then they, they would have enough theoretically for a max contract. But there are like 12 teams that in, in, this is like a, a heavy supply offseason in terms of teams that have the ability to offer max contracts. And it, it, it has to be difficult I know this because now the Celtics become this team that just has young guys on rookie contracts. It's, it's hard. It's not just because look, part of it is yes. People want to go to the Lakers play in LA. I think it's, it's the, the entertainment mogul element with NBA players more than even the, the appeal of the franchise of the Lakers. But beyond that, look, the Lakers had trouble attracting marquee free agents for years because really what guys want is to play with each other. Guys want to play with other good guys. And it's hard, given their age and the, the situation with the Celtics, even if the Celtics have a max contract to offer, it's hard to say, hey, come play with Gordon Hayward and, uh, and Jason Tatum. It's a lot easier to say, come play with Anthony Davis in the box. I, I, I would like to make one more point, and, and it's my biggest point of the call, and that's that um, my problem is with the way that the NBA is set up under Adam Silver and, and since he's taken over. He is so player friendly that I know Nick Jelso feels this way that, you know, we both miss David Stern. I don't like the players and now the agents being in charge of this league because I mean, it was Rich Paul and LeBron James that set the Celtics on fire earlier in the year with the, with the moves that they make, um, you know, in the back room with, with, uh, with that agency, that clutch sports agency, um, this is only the beginning. I mean, this is this is starting to happen. This is this is going to be the new NBA, and 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 unless the owners step up and hold Adam Silver accountable, I know the owners can't like this, and they're going to take they're going to take power back, or at least attempt to take power back in the next CBA. And and I just I just hate the where the NBA is headed right now. Um, and so that's that's all I want to say. I'm just I'm I'm just disgusted with where the NBA is headed, and and I really hope they do something about that. So. All right, Sam. Anyways, thanks well, for taking my call. Appreciate... Yeah, thanks, man. Good to hear from you. We appreciate the call. Sam in San Diego, loyal listener, as always. Uh, I, mean, I don't know, Calvin. I mean, the way that the league is going with this this teaming up of, of players and sort of dictating where, the, where things go, I can see where he's coming from, but I feel like the owners, there's not much that they can do about it. And 
the once you once you open the door a, a crack as far as CBA is concerned, it's it's really difficult to go backwards and go to revert back to putting more leverage in in the hands of the owner. So you may be able to to pause it for a little while and restructure contracts in a way that guy players need to really be with a team before they can just jump ship or make the decision even more difficult for them, which is something they tried to do with allowing teams to pay more and go over the salary cap for the the players that are currently on their roster. Uh, so it's, it's just, it's going to be a constant cycle of trying to balance that power between owners and players. And it's definitely leaning towards the players at this point. And um, it, it hurts parity. It really does. And I just, I don't know what the outcome is going to be in a couple of years if the Warriors are broken up and then you've just got the Lakers sort of sitting sitting there. Uh, what else is going to be out there? Is is it really going to be anybody free-for-all has a chance to win the, the title or is it going to be another set of dynasties here with a couple of championships in in three or four years? And I just – I don't necessarily like that look. I'd rather see the parity, even if it means the Celtics are not – that perennial contender, uh, I I think it's good for basketball for multiple teams to, to have a chance and not just the one that had the, the, the good fortune to pull together two or three superstars. Okay, I'm going to separately disagree with both Sam and you. Um, first, first to Sam's point, I'm strongly – and anyone who ever listens to the show on a regular basis knows that I'm, I'm strongly in favor of – like individuality in in a general sense, not even just in regards to sports, but like in regards to life. I mean, I am strongly in favor of individuality and freedom of choice in a way that I think that the NBA in regards to giving individual players more control over their destination has been nothing but a positive as far as I'm concerned, whether or not you like that, whether or not it might be inherently unfair to some places but it's not unfair to the people, the people who are actually doing their job. I understand why fans don't like it, okay? But, like, if Kevin Durant so, doesn't want to be in Oklahoma City, that should be more important than whether or not you, as someone who roots for the Thunder, sure. you, you know, you know what I mean? Like, you, you actually have no impact on his life. Like, I, I like well, that. That's a good point. I understand the so, so let, me, yeah. let me take it to the extreme because I saw this on Twitter today. Somebody wrote an article about this. Yeah. Do you think it should or will it ever get to the point where a guy like Zion Williamson, clear number one pick in the draft, should get to choose the team he goes to? Should he have a, a say in who gets to draft him? Because that's kind of what you're talking about, even though it's not free agency. It's a, it's a different structure. But ultimately, wouldn't that be the, the way that things should go? That the, the top player has, has a choice of where he wants to go, just like a recruit oh, wow. in college? Oh, I'll t- I would take that further uh, and and argue that the draft should be abolished. The draft is the draft is an un- inherently unfair process. It, first, first of all, it rewards teams for being bad, which is something that I've all, I've always had a problem with. I understand that I look. I understand the need for parity and competitive balance, but you can you can achieve those same notions by by doing the same thing, like restricting everybody to a four year contract except for one player who has a five year contract. Everyone starts at the same salary base. So teams that are ca- – look, teams – if you abolish the draft, then what happens is teams have to clear cap space to try to sign Zion. 
And then how look what then you pay Zion uh, what he's actually worth, or maybe more than what he's worth. That then it depends on how good your GM is, how good your organization is, because maybe you overpay Zion on his rookie contract just to get him on your team, and then he leaves after he becomes good. He's not good while he's there. Regardless, you know what I'm saying? You have to make those actual difficult decisions. You have to decide maybe you're a bad team, and then you then you pay Zion more. Maybe the Hawks are more willing because they're bad to to you know save up and, and give him a max deal right out right out of the base, and he goes to Atlanta because that's he's not going to the Warriors because they're going to be tapped out in that scenario. But I don't think the draft is a I don't think that the Pelicans because ping pong balls happen to bounce their way that they should have the right to get Zion Williamson and then by the way have the right to his restricted free agency and thus be able to offer him more money to stay on top of that now, I, I find that to be an, an unreasonable uh, owner bias system that I understand why fans like because they get attached to their players but it's not fair and I don't like it alright so you're, you're, you're a total players league type of guy uh, you would definitely say that it, it is more important for the players. And this is coming from Sam again. One quick question. One more from him. You, you definitely say that the, it's more important for the players to uh, go where they want than it is for the, the business itself and the people that actually consume the business, me, the fan, Sam, the fan, you, Calvin, the fan, uh, well, here's than, the than what those people want. I, I mean, what is well, there I, even a I risk in, in alienating any of those people at all? Or is, is the product just – potentially going to be better if the players are playing well, where they want. Well, here's the other thing that you, that you need to realize is, is people, people say they want parody usually when they are the fans of a bad team. Like parody is almost always terrible for a sports team. Nobody, everyone says they want parody, but really what people want is the idea of parody. Bad, good, <laughs> teams, good teams exist to divide opinion. Okay. You either love the Warriors or you hate the Warriors. If you're someone who cares about the NBA, you're not going to be dispassionate about the Warriors. But you know what you might be dispassionate about? The Toronto Raptors. Because you, because you don't have an opinion on them because they haven't won enough to make you either love them or hate them. It doesn't yeah, I don't know. See, I don't, I don't hate the Warriors. I, I don't hate their dynasty. I wish they wouldn't win as much. I'm not huge on dynasties, right. even though I'm a huge fan of, of an organization that was, has multiple dynasties throughout their, their existence. And I, right, but the, I, I like I like the fact that the Celtics won one. I like the fact that Detroit won one uh, back in whatever it was, oh three, whatever. Uh, I, I like the fact that you can get one from the Dallas Mavericks here or there. That's to me, that's more fun to me than seeing the same player over and over again, the same couple of teams over and over again. So that's why I am totally behind the fact that Toronto just won this this title. But at the same time, I'm not hating on the Warriors. I just would prefer it to be a different way. The Warriors' brand of basketball is excellent. I love watching them play. It's incredible. But so I would, you, so I you would rather you, I would rather right? see I would rather see multiple teams that have the potential to be that good because they've got a couple of those players sprinkled elsewhere who make even more players better. To me, that's kind of the way it it, it could work as opposed to just having a couple of teams that are awesome. So you hate the Patriots and what they've done in the NFL, right? Is that, is that correct? No, nobody's, I'm not saying that I hate dynasties. I'm saying that I would prefer parity. Calvin, I, it would absolutely have been more fun for the past 20 years as a Patriots fan if there was any semblance of, of a rival in the division that could do anything to stop them. 
it, it, they're they're in the AFC Championship game and, and then the, likely the Super Bowl every year. Like the AFC Championship Championship game for them is a lock at this point. It gets boring. Yes, I'd rather see them lose once in a while because there's a team that's better than them. This, I, that's why I didn't I wasn't all angry that they lost the the Super Bowl to the Eagles. They got outplayed. It was it was a letdown. It was too bad, but they came back the next year and, and they won it. So it's just I, I I do feel that that adversity is is good for a league and to have a team that just dominates. To be a fan of a team like that is great, obviously. But do you really think the rest of the NFL fans are looking at the Patriots and saying, "Oh, this is fine. This is a good thing"? No. No, they're not. No, no. But but see, now we're talking about two different things. It is good, right. much like it was. Look, much like it was good for the Warriors to lose, although in a way disappointing that they lost the way they did. Uh, regardless of what I said about injuries, you would rather it, it would have been much more satisfying to see the Warriors be, beaten at full strength than beaten as a shell of themselves, right? Because you want to see sure. the end. You want to see them implode. You want to see Kevin Durant get mad and leave in free agency after they can't get over the hump, and then you, sure, sure. and then you can can be smug and say, you know what? The Warriors were on their way out anyway. But the, that was the end of their era, right? That's the most satisfying way to see them end. But the point is, is you want to see them end. I'm not saying the same way with the Patriots. Look, I'm not saying you want to – I mean, you as a Patriots fan probably always want to see them win. But I'm saying as a more, a more general sports observer, I, you don't want to see the Patriots win every single oh. year. You don't, you don't actually want the 1960 Boston Celtics. Because because that becomes boring for you, but 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 what you do want is a dominant team or a a dominant team and a dominant ideally a dominant team with a rival. Ideally, you want the you want the '80s Lakers and Celtics. Right. That's a, that's what really what you want. But given given all of that, you the point is is that you still want dominant teams. You still want teams that are there every year, rather than this notion of parity where it's a different team every year because. It's not. It's just not as interesting. It doesn't create love and hate the same way that a, a team that's really good does. It could be true. It could be true, and the, the rivalry is not there. But that's what I'm saying. Like you could have multiple rivalries if you if you let more teams have top end talent, and then just they, they would make the players around them better, and. You would just—I feel like you'd have a better product. Maybe you wouldn't have the same two exact teams there every year, but I feel like the same couple of players would probably be getting you to the conference finals, and then see what happens based on everybody else on your roster. And that's—that's that's kind of the way that I prefer to see a basketball game and a team structure. I'd, I'd rather see one excellent player, two or three great players, and a handful of above-average players than two superstars that are just going to dominate the, the, the game. I just, I don't know. That's why I thought this set of this finals was excellent because you saw kind of that structure from Toronto beat out a hobbled Warriors team. Anyway, we're going to have Nick Gelso actually in about 10 minutes. I think we'll see if he ends up calling. I, I assume he will. Uh, he said he'd call us around 10. Uh, so we okay. will definitely discuss more Celtic stuff then. But until then, Hector's been waiting on the line very patiently. You want to okay. hear from him? Calvin, what do you think? Uh, yeah, let me just counter your point real quick before you bring Hector Go ahead. on. I, I, I think the nature of basketball makes it difficult to achieve parity anyway because yeah, you be, because the, 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 the level of the true superstar in the NBA is on an individual basis is often so much higher 
than his contemporaries. Or there are guys who are so good at basketball that like the only way you beat them is like like for example James Harden, right? James Harden has a team so perfectly constructed around him that the only way you beat him is by combining guys, all right? Or or like LeBron in his prime, the only way you're beating that is by combining guys to have more of those guys than him. The an arms race will always exist because the nature of basketball, or you're going to end up with every, if every team has one superstar on it, okay, then, then the, you know, given bar, barring injuries, the best, the team with the best superstar is most likely to win every year, unless you start combining them in some way to make it more interesting. I think that that's going to happen one way or the other, even under your system. But anyway, you can, you can pull Hector up if you want. Well, maybe I just need the, the, the superstars to be closer to each other. Maybe we just need a, a smaller gap between superstars. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe it is. All right. Well, let's work on that, NBA. Let's work on that. All right. Let's let's move on. He called three two three six four two one four eight four. Hector, long time no talk. I hope you I hope you're doing all right tonight, man. How's it going? I'm all right, guys. Uh, I've been wanting to call for a while because I have a lot to get off my chest. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now. All right. Well, if I, if I see Nick Gelso hit the board, I'm gonna have to let you go. So, I think you got about five minutes here. Is that long enough? You think? Yeah. All right. All right. Perfect. Okay. I've been following all the news over the past month or so, whatever. And I'll and I'll say this. Okay. Obviously, free agency is something that we as fans have to deal with on a daily basis, no matter the team. Now, I'll, I'll be honest with what, what I'll be honest with this, okay? Regardless of what happens with Kyrie Irving and Al Horford, I cannot thank them enough for, obviously, obviously me thinking Kyrie Irving might be a shock to a lot of people because a lot of fans want to rip his head off which is understandable, but at the same time, you know, Kyrie, I had a lot of fun seeing him over the past two years in person, you know? So, hey, I understand that things did not work in Washington, but I'm going to wish him the best of luck. Same thing with Al Horford. I'm so sick and tired of fans and people telling me how to be a fan because I was hoping that Kyrie would come back and then there's others that want to blame me, that want to rip on me, telling me how to be a fan or whatever. Just because some of my favorite players may leave, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna ditch the green. I'm gonna always be a Celtics fan through and through. I'm sick and tired of weird Celtics Twitter. I'm sick and tired of the media. Man, you know, Twitter's a tired. Hector. Man, Twitter's a crazy place. You can't take much serious on there. You got to figure out. You got to find a few people on there and and, and just uh, stick to it. Twitter Twitter's not the, not the place to be interacting with other Celtics fans, in my opinion, unless you have got a small group of them. Like I've, I I don't know. I probably see twenty of you guys on Twitter every day, and that's that's all I really care about. I can't think of many more than that. But the point is that there's a lot of crazy crap on that site, and. It, a lot of it is is just uh, out there to troll you and try and make you upset and stuff like that. So it's like, just look the other way. Forget about that Twitter crap. But the media, I, I think, gets a little bit of a bad rap. And, uh, 
I don't consider it myself at all a part of the media, but uh, I, uh, there's a lot of people I, I, involved I in the media that, that, are, that are down in the trenches and things like that. And I totally support what you're saying about Kyrie Irving as well. So I can, I can counterpoint that first couple of things and then say that, no. listen, if you like Kyrie Irving and you wanted him to come back, there's totally justifiable reasons for that. And you, there's no reason to knock that. So if anybody's telling you that you can't like Kyrie Irving, then I would tell you that that man's a fool. I'm going to take that argument a step further. Go ahead, Can I jump in real quick here? Yeah. Yeah. Now, look, to me, if I'm a Celtics fan, it doesn't matter what I think of Kyrie personally. Like, I understand. Frustrating year, right? A lot of things being said in the media. Um, You know, this guy doesn't want to be here, and people have been saying, huh? I can hear you whispering something. I couldn't hear any of that. Uh, yeah, I understand. People are mad about it, but but look, you should. Every Celtics fan should want Kyrie Irving back because the team is not going to be as good without him. It's just not. He's a really good basketball player. I understand people like Terry Rozier. I understand they played well in a short uh, playoff series without Kyrie Irving. But the idea that like Kyrie Irving's really good at basketball. Right. Yes, he has moments. He's not better than Kyrie Irving. So yeah, I get it. He's a jerk. He makes you know he makes life more difficult for everyone else. All of those things may or may not be true. But the bottom line is is like I don't see an easy avenue to replacing him anytime soon. So you should probably want him back no matter what. Well, it, before I go, all right. I I wish people would stop bringing up the 2017-2018 playoff run. Where they went to game, where they went to game seven against Cleveland, because that's full cold. I've been saying that for a long time. That that we weren't gonna go, we weren't gonna beat Cleveland, and we weren't gonna beat Golden State that year. So forget about it. And you know, I I had a back and forth with Nick Gelso this past weekend. You know, and that's the guy I'm real, I'm I'm talking about. You know, obviously he's he has a lot of he has a lot of reasons to justify not wanting Kyrie Irving back. And that's his, that's his opinion. I like Nick Gelso. I don't have any problem with him or whatever. But it's like, again, I don't want anyone to tell me how to be a fan and who to root for, you know? So it's, it's like I'm, I have a, I've been wanting to talk to you guys for a long time because I've just, I've just, I'm sick and tired of a lot of stuff going on, what people are saying that I figured, you know what, let me say what I got to say. I respect you guys. I respect you, Kelvin, and you, Matt. You know, I've talked to you guys for a long time, so. All right, man. Well, we appreciate you all, dude. We appreciate you listening for sure. And uh, listen, if you, you know that this is a place where you can come and say whatever the hell you want, and we may criticize you for it, but it's not in any negative connotation for sure. And when it comes to something as far as, how you're going to send a man off of a team that you, you enjoy watch you enjoyed watching, then that's up to you. I don't care how you do that. If you want to praise Kyrie Irving on the way out the door, by all means do it. He gave us a lot of, of great moments in the past couple of years. And it's, it was more the way that he approached things that I think people didn't really like. And if that rubs you the wrong way, then so be it, you know? So we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for calling Hector. All right. Yeah, and he doesn't make that fan Hector. You're good. Well, you, look, people might say your opinion is dumb and might get into an argument with you over it. That's fine. But, like, yeah, having a thought doesn't make you a bad fan. All right. 
Um, we will be moving on to more Celtics-related stuff in just a few moments here. And what are the odds you think Jelso calls in? What do you think? If you, uh, I'm going to say 25%. 25 percent all right yeah i mean at, fir- at first when i suggested he call he, he was like yeah i don't know I, I think i probably won't be able to and then he said i'm going to be editing some sound maybe i'll call you around 10 so we'll see um in the meantime bryce in brooklyn is on the line so we'll hear what he has okay. to say how about that okay all right bryce what's going on Hit the wrong button. There we go, Bryce. What's up? <laughs> hey, what's going on, fellas? How you feeling tonight? Doing good. fine. Good, good. So I want to talk about switch gears a little bit. I want to talk about my New York Knicks. Oh boy. Oh, okay. <laughs> Great. I mean, yeah, I love how the laugh automatically comes when I say Knicks. <laughs> um, well, what is there? I mean, yeah, I mentioned so, him briefly earlier as a contender for Anthony Davis that didn't really have many assets to trade in in return so i mean what is it about the knicks that that you that you feel is promising give that to me you know wow it's this is gonna sound super crazy i I mean look if you believe the knicks and porzingis has said i do not want to be here anymore and i'm not going to help any free agents come i'm not going to help recruit then you got what you could for him to start over um, and I can understand it, even though I hate the fact that James Dolan and the organization so dysfunctional that you couldn't make it work with who I feel could be a superstar player. But nonetheless, I think with the cap space you have, I do think Mills and Perry are actually now a competent front office. So I'm glad they didn't take the Anthony Davis bait. As much as I love Anthony Davis, I don't want to get in a situation where you trade away you know, the whole young assets uh, and, and the parts of the team you can build on the second unit just for him because then he has no one to play with. The Knicks got really unfortunate with Durant. I felt they had can a chance to get him. Oh, right. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, that, that's actually what I wanted to ask you. If, you, if you're uh, Mills, do you, in the Knicks organization, do you still offer Kevin Durant that back? Given the, given the fact that <clears throat> Theoretically, well. still Kevin Durant, right? And what do you have, considering they have a cash space for two max uh, free agents, what do you have to lose? You're going to be bad no matter what. But, it's, you know, obviously it's a risk because then you, you, you have, obviously there's the idea that you're going to be the laughing stock of the league if Durant comes back and he's not Durant, right? Then the, it's going to be the same old mix over again. But I, I almost feel like you should just take that wild swing. What, what do you come out on that? You know, two places. I come out in two places. One, and I'm, I know it's going to sound like I'm hedging my bets, but stay with me here. I actually believe with the competent front office we have and some of the young players filling out backup roles and number two, number three, if you, if you guys know basketball, you know, some of these guys are not as bad as a 17 and 65 record. If they would have gotten a healthy KD with another superstar, maybe not even Durant, let's say they could have enticed Clay or even Kawhi to come join Kevin Durant, the Knicks would be closer to competing for a championship than people think because they would have a more complete team with their lacking, of course, their superstars. Having said that, to your point, I wouldn't be mad if they offered Kevin Durant um, the, the max and if he took it um, because even if you get him back and he's still a very good player, you still have room for another slot. Maybe you add another player 
who can slide in this year and help carry the team and help carry the team while you build other parts around him. You don't, you got all your draft picks. Um, you got the second round picks too, as well. Mitch Robinson, uh, you know, you, you guys know about him. Underrated big. Yeah. I think he's going to be very good. You draft RJ Barrett, you slide him right in at the two. You let him develop at the two. I think Knox um, was not very good last year, but I think that's because he's young and not in NBA shape. He's still growing. I think he's going to be a very good three to four man because he'll play the four as well. They have to find a four, but I feel you can build around them. I love Isozo. I love Dotson as a backup three and D guy. Then Nick's got some pieces that if you plug in some superstars, it could work. So maybe they should just go ahead and give Kevin Durant that that deal. If they weren't able to, yeah, it'd be disappointing. But then that means no more shortcuts, no more fantasies. Emphasize the draft in the years to come. You know, get get the right guys in. Don't give out no max deal to Tobias Harris or anything stupid. Uh-huh. Just build young and draft Barrett. Unless this is play positionless basketball with a couple of these wing guys and see what you can build and entice some free agents to come. That's the way I see it. Well, I mean, obviously, if you can get a second max player, then that, that makes the idea of uh, offering it to Durant more uh, palatable. I was thinking more of the idea if because it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to bring in like an established veteran right now without, without a second one coming with him, right? When it was when it was Kyrie Durant, like for a minute there. That made that made some sense to me. I know it sort of shifted to Kyrie to the Nets, and but like I don't think Kyrie comes to play on that squad given the team that he just left yes. in Boston. I it's gonna, it's hard for me to see that. Uh, I'm just looking at the like the available pieces out right now. If you can't, get, you already know I'm a, a Tobias Harris type. So like I'm assuming you want you're saying no to like a Chris Middleton type as well. So I'm saying let's say you can't get that other piece and you have and of course you have to meet the salary cap floor, right? So you ha- you end up spending that the the other thirty million on players who are like more vets. Do you? Uh, I guess my question is, do you offer Durant a four year deal or even a five year deal, knowing he's not going to play at all next season if there's not another superstar on this team and it's just the young guys are getting? You know what? I'm not. A, you know. I'm not opposed to it. If, if, if he's going to be committed to the Knicks, the Knicks have to be very smart. If you do that, then you know you might not get the same Kevin Durant. Uh, you know, when he's ready to play, he'll be 32. People forget it'll probably take him another year to get back into right. the full swing of things. I think there's still going to be a lot left in the tank just because he has a lot of things you can't teach and coach. Uh, one fan, his shot, what have you. So, sure, I would say – do it, but then with the remaining space, you know, as much as I like those guys, for the right price, I don't want no to max deal to buy Harris or Middleton. For the right price, you get me Middleton or you get me Randall. Now you build that team and you build it up. So when Kevin Durant's ready to come back, R.J. Barrett's got a year of experience. Knox is more experienced. Iso is more experienced. DSJ is, a be- is, is, is coming into his own as a point guard. I really like him. Um, you know, Dotson's gotten more experience. Maybe DeAndre Jordan comes back on a you know on a reasonable deal if he wants to play because he knows KD's going to be there. You know, it's just going to be the Knicks can't take no, no more shortcuts, no more selling fantasy. You got to do it like yeah. the Spurs do. You know, you got to build through the draft and stop thinking you're going to be able to skip steps. Right. There's no skipping steps. You're just going to take your lunch. But I think if you if you draft the talent, run the front office right, get R.J. Barrett in. I don't want to hear about this Garland nice piece, but no. You draft R.J. Barry, stick him at the two guard, you say, go. 
learn, learn, learn as you go. Fisdale develops these guys. I think with that scenario, sure, why not bring in, bring in Kevin Durant if he wants to deal, maybe mend his career here, and then see what you can get from him. Yep, I would I, I would tend to agree. I think Durant is going to be a, a player, even after his, he comes back from injury, I think he's still young enough that he will contribute in a great way to whoever signs him. So if you're the Knicks, take that shot. Uh, Bryce, man, we appreciate the call. Thanks for listening, as always. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Uh, Calvin, Great. we've got Nelso. Okay. Oh, wow. So okay. you know what that means. But, can I just transition this? You know, this just, it means I was wrong. But uh, can I just transition this, this, this question? Because uh, it, it, it's kind of fascinating to me. If the Celtics okay. should free up. Yeah, if the Celtics should free up, and we can just throw this right to Nick Jones. So if, they, uh-huh. if, if Al Horford... Uh, Al Horford leaves, Kyrie Irving leaves. Youth uh-huh. movement time. You know, Rozier's burned his bridges. He's out. Marcus Morris wants to sign somewhere else because he wants to play with a contender. You have yep. max money. The market, the uh, Celtics have a hard time getting free agents. You're going yep. down the list. All of a sudden, you're looking at, um, you know, the Malcolm Brogdons of the world. Do the Celtics offer Kevin Durant that four-year no. deal, and would you be happy if he signed in Boston? Oof, no. Nick, automatic no from Nick. No, no, no. Out no. on Durant. Nick Delso, out on Durant. You heard it here first. Out on Durant. Okay. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, no, I just, I think that, first of all, I think that, that the, the fan base would not be able to tolerate another, you know, rehabbing an injury and then another year of trying to bring him back. And this guy's, you know, two, three years older than Hayward. I just, it's a, it's an interesting idea. I've not heard it tossed around. I may tweet it out after we get off the show. I'll credit you, Calvin. Um, okay. But it's, it's an interesting question, but I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't do that. I mean, I just, I, I, I think, Jesus, this is like, I, I, I knew this morning, I, I knew this morning you know it was coming. In that scenario, Everybody's giving him that offer, right? Everybody's going to offer it yeah. to him, so he's just going to well, have not, No, no, I don't think, I don't think everyone will. By the way, because you okay. have, it has to be the right context. The Celtics are rebuilt. Look, look, who you think the Lakers would offer? You think the Lakers are going to free up cap space and offer that to Kevin Durant, given their window no, now? That would offer him twenty-five yeah. million. Yeah. No, I, no, I don't. I don't think they'd offer him twenty-five million. They, the Lakers have to win next year. They right. can't. There's, there's no chance right they offer that to Kevin. Yeah, there, there are teams that like that. That would have to fit a team's window, and you would have to be willing to to have Kevin Durant essentially like 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 really, uh, I mean like Chelsea said, out for a year and potentially Gordon Haywarding it for another year, and then potentially you get Kevin Durant back. I think to offer him the the thirty two million dollars supermax that maybe a couple teams will be desperate enough to offer. Um, I think that you have to be a team that's going to be desperate for a star. And it, 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 that you're not really going to have the avenue any other way, and that the primary team, as far as I'm concerned, for that is the Knicks. But I, I thought that question made it becomes interesting for the Celtics if you if you think of the idea that like that maybe they strike out on free agents and they're becoming a, a young rebuilding team anyway. Maybe you think, okay, by year three, right? Where's where are Tatum and Brown at? At that point, if Durant is back to a semblance of Durant, then all of a sudden you sort of you sort of timeline yourself in back into championship contention in a way that might be more difficult to do otherwise. But I understand why you don't want to take the risk as well. That's why I think it's an interesting question. Yeah, potentially. No, I I think I'm in on it. I think I I offer him the deal and see if he wants to to take it. If the Celtics are in a position 
or they don't think that they can contend. But that's where I'm going to throw it back to you, Nick, because with the news that Al Horford is likely going to leave, takes away another all-star caliber player from this team. You mentioned Gordon Hayward. He needs to, first of all, step up and become that all-star caliber player again. Uh, let the young guys, Brown and Tatum, come into their own. But you, I have to believe that Danny Ainge has something else up his sleeve. He's got to have some sort of a plan. It hurts that Al Horford is going to leave. We can get into what type of a player that he was because it was a, a consummate professional, day in, day out type of guy that you want to see here. Uh, but uh, where do you think Ainge goes from here? He's got to have a backup plan, right? I got to tell you guys, I, I think for the first time in a long time, I don't know, maybe ever, I don't think he does. I think Kyrie, you know, this Kyrie situation compounded with the fact that he's not speaking to them. I, I, I mean, I, I think this is new territory for Ainge. I really do. I don't think he has a plan at all. I, th- I think Honestly. they thought Al was, would be back. I I knew this morning, I knew this was coming and kept my mouth shut. It was hard because I'm one of those guys who have been Al Orford cheerleader since day one. So yeah, I don't know. I don't Honestly, know. It's, uh, it's I think they were banking. Swallow, but it, go ahead. Yeah, I think they were banking on the notion that Al Horford wants to win. And they tried to offer him a contract commiserate with that and the idea that he would take less money so they'd have more money to sign somebody else. And it just doesn't appear to be going that way. Maybe he doesn't think he can win well, anyway, or um, you know, no. Just, I think I think he's at the stage in his career where he needs to get that final big contract, and the Celtics were not willing to pay him that. And I can't really blame I can't blame them for that anyway, because again, given the loss of Kyrie, they were going to be capped out. If if or if they signed Horford to you know any sort of contract like that, they would be capped out with this team. And I don't. I just think that. It, it stalled. Like, I think a lot of things broke poorly for them. In a way. They, they seemed to have a lot of options previously, and a lot of those options dried up in a way that, like, if they signed Horford, if they signed Horford to another contract, you're basically locking yourself into this team for the next couple of years, and then you have to pay Tatum and Brown, and, and then it's like, how does this team get significantly better without great internal improvements from, from those two guys? In a way, like, I don't... It, I, I understand why that he would push back on that and maybe push back towards like, well, maybe we need to tear it back down. I know it's hard for Celtics fans to hear that, but even it is, how it much, is reality. How much, yeah. Well, just how much optimism there was about this team guys went one year ago to this time and how like sort of where they were at. And it's just, it's crazy how many things have broken poorly for them. I don't really blame I mean, from game, from game uh, Calvin, I, I don't want to interrupt you, but from game one, I mean, game oh, yeah. one, Cleveland. I was there, but I don't think it's Angel's fault. That's what I'm saying. No, it's not Angel's fault. I mean, from what I heard this morning or today, you know, it was three at twenty for Al. That's sixty million dollars, and I think I heard three at thirty. But he was getting offered four at thirty, so uh, it's somewhere between a hundred million and a hundred and thirty million. Let's say that he's getting offered over four years, and the thing for Al is. He opts out. He makes an additional, you know, several million dollars, but it's spread out over the course of four years, so it gets him to where he retires. It's a smart right. move on Al's part, and Ainge made made the right decision because now, I mean, he does have. I, I believe he has. He could pay max money to a player not over six years in the league. I believe. Well, he, well, he can. Departure and, of Al. Yeah. He, no. No. Here's the thing. With the departure of Al, 
and Marcus Morris and Rogier, which brings us to that question. No, then they could just offer a, a straight max. I think it's restricted no, no, somehow. No, they can't. Right, they, right, can't right. they have the cap holds on the other two. They can, but by doing that, right. they have to have to renounce the rights to the other two guys. Then they can't. Right, they right. can't. They would have to renounce their bird rights, and then they would basically lose both of them. So that's where it Smart becomes an interesting question. Because Smart. Because given – I'm sorry? It would be Marcus Smart and Marcus Morris they would lose. No, it's Rozier and, it's Rozier and Marcus Morris. Marcus Smart's under contract. For them. Yeah, I, that, that's uh, what's so interesting. It's, it's fascinating to me that he didn't I, – I go ahead so, anyway. Yeah. So I, I guess my question is, is now we become – now it's like you, you – you have to ask yourself a question as Celtics fans. Like, do you do you like do you think this team can contend? And if not, like maybe you just commit. It, because what is the reason? I believe it went like this today. Yeah. I, I I bet you it went like this today, Calvin. I bet yeah. you either. I bet you Al's agent called Danny. Danny probably told his agent what he's willing to, to offer, and the agent probably said they're hearing that they could – because there's no tampering there, but they're hearing that they, they could get more money. They have an offer that's pending or whatever, okay? And then Danny said, well, he said, what's your future for the, the team? Now, I'm making this up. This is what's in my head that what went on. And Danny probably okay. said, we're not making any splashes or any big moves. We're going to go and and work with – Tatum and, and Brown and the kids, and we want Al to be a part of it, and Al wants to contend. So here he has an opportunity to contend and make more money. I don't blame Ainge at all. I don't blame Al at all. I don't think it's related to Kyrie. I honestly think had Kyrie resigned and they not gotten Davis, this would be going on anyway. If they got Davis, that would be a different story. Right, really. So my, my, I, I mean, my question to you, I'm sorry, committed to a rebuild, yes. A so, so with 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 that in mind, do you offer Rogier, especially Rogier and Morris contracts, or do you let them walk and potentially chase a max free agent? I think it depends on what what I think it it all depends on what's available, right? Like, I mean, who's going to come? Who would who could you make a deal with, and for who? That's what I'm asking right? you. Who who do you think the Celtics could potentially get? And w- and would you want? And, I don't know. And, so let's way. go down who's available. That's realistic. Start there, because you know I mean, it's going to be talking about. If you're just talking about free agents, then you're talking and point guards. You're looking at Ricky Rubio. That's that's the most realistic uh, yeah. person. Yeah, I mean, you don't know. Way. You don't do it. So Kemba's not realistic, even though he went to UConn. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. I would say Kemba's Kemba? not realistic because he he can make he's more gone. money in Charlotte. And I think he likes it in Charlotte, and yeah. I don't think that he could just uproot things to to come to Boston. Unfortunately. Uh, and that it's part of the same reason that I don't think that he would go to the Lakers right now because they don't have a max slot for him. They have I, less than I agree. And I, I think like he's a one year deal with the Lakers and re, re-ups for a lot for the max the following year, uh, that, then he's sticking in Charlotte. So Kemba Walker would be great. But I just, I, I don't, oh I don't see God. that. The, the only other one that I, agree I think of is D'Angelo Russell. And that would only be mm-hmm. if, the, the Nets decide that they're going with Kyrie and not Russell instead of Kyrie and Russell. Uh, and the well, Celtics would well, have Kyrie and Russell is an issue. So I don't know if I'm in on that one either. Well, Kyrie and Russell would be a team for the Nets. Kyrie I don't think they would be. Go ahead. Yeah, Kyrie and Russell would not work given the defensive not liabilities of, of, of both of them. No, they both need the ball in their hands a fair amount. 
they both are limited defensively. They, I don't think they would play very well together at all. I think the Nets know that. The rumors are that they're. But he's just bringing back a, a, a poor man's. Uh, a poor, basically, you're getting a poor man's Kyrie Irving. Kyrie, in, exactly. in, uh, yeah, yeah, and exactly. I mean, that's but, but a younger one. Yeah, I, but I, I don't think, know. I think that, but I think that's yeah. the thing, right? This is this is why I'm asking you guys as Celtics fans because if you clear, if look, if you don't offer Rozier a contract and you don't offer Marcus Morris a contract, then what you're not committing to the idea of a rebuild. You're, you're still holding on to the idea of contending right now. But then, given the market and what you just said about free agents, maybe you can't do that anyway. You guys seem to want to have your cake and eat it too with this. What I'm asking is, is like, should the Celtics bottom out? I know. Look, I have a long no, been a champion of the like. I don't. I don't think it's possible to tank though. That's that's what I'm saying. With yeah. guys like yeah, Tatum and Brown who are here, and a guy like Baines who is going to compete. I know he's not a, a superstar, but he's a guy that he makes a difference. To, uh, to a lot of teams, it's not going to be a tanking situation. I still think that they're a playoff team in the East. If if they uh, not even we just didn't even mention Gordon Hayward. Look, the talent is still there. They don't need to get a superstar mm-hmm. to make the playoffs. But it, it, the guys that are on the team would also not be tanking, Calvin. You can't think that these guys would be a, a lottery bound team uh, in the Eastern Conference the way it's shaking out right now. I just I don't yeah, know. See no, how you. I think it's a retool. It's not right. a complete blow it up and tank. It's a retool. I know for a fact that's not happening. I think that you, should, should you lose again? What was Morris was your second leading scorer last year? You lose him, you lose Kyrie, you lose Horford. Was the, gets not nearly enough credit for how much of the backbone of the defense he is. I I think that next year you're probably you're probably around the ten seed. I, I, that's my honest um, assessment of what. Right. I don't think the Celtics are a lottery team. I know that's not the same as bottoming out, and that's a fair argument too that you're still somewhere in the middle. I don't think that they're still. Right, I lose, mean, I think I don't think they're. No. You lose more. How do you feel about a guy, a, a guy like Thaddeus Young, a guy like Bobby Portis? I mean, we're getting pretty far down the list, but Nikola Mirotic is unrestricted. Right. I really like. Uh, I mean, I, there, I really there, like there, there are options out there. Yeah, I actually, yeah. I, I'm actually really like always really like Thaddeus. Marcus. I mean, if we're getting down to Marcus Alls of the world, then yeah, I don't, I don't think that, that I don't think that moves. I hate the expression "moves the needle," but. Uh, yeah, I don't think that affects no, the, it the, the, obviously, it doesn't move the needle, but the point is that they, Listen, they will not be tanking that. regardless. It's impossible to do that with the current they're talent. Can't, they're not guaranteed to be on the roster. They're not. That's, that's, that's not happening. Right. It's just not happening. If they're not, I'm I mean, you're just mad. Right. So they're essentially locked into being a middling team no matter what they do, right? Unless... Somehow yeah, I mean, they, the year it seems that way, yes, and, unless something crazy happens, yes. They sign Kawhi or something, right? Like, that's that's really what we're talking about. Unless by some miracle they sign Kawhi Leonard, then then they're yeah. going to be a middling team, and that probably is disappointing. I'm sorry? Mediocre. Mediocre. Right. They're maybe they get Clay Thompson halfway through the year. What do you think? Maybe maybe Golden State lets, lets Thompson walk, and they the Celtics pull Thompson out of their ass. And they they make a run at the playoffs and the Eastern right. Conference Finals with Clay Thompson and the young the young guys on the team right now. Uh, Robert Williams Here's the thing. goes forward in time and he becomes Bill Russell. How about that? How about that, Calvin? Here's, That's going to happen. Here's the thing uh, that that there's 
the hardest part about this is they're they're he's negotiating or trying to make deals and he can't even leverage Hayward because his value is so 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 low. So I mean, we're all discounting the fact that he is coming back and he is going to be better and even if he's only seventy percent of what he was, he's still gonna give you thirteen or fifteen points a game. So and he's gonna play good defense because he already did this season. So no one's thinking about that. And then on top of it, you have the whole, uh, you know, you're trying to make a deal. You say, look at the futures here. We have, we can't say you have Gordon Hayward. You can't say you have uh, uh, Kyrie Irving. Now you can't say you have uh, Al Horford. I mean, the point is, it, he's just in a bad, bad, bad spot. But it, it, as far as PR-wise, I think it's like the worst spot I've seen them in since Ainge has been there maybe. And it, – it's hard to make deals when you're in a bad situation like that. And plus everybody in the entire, every team in the NBA's fan base applauds when the Celtics F up or, and they didn't even have up here, but when they, you know, when they falter a little bit. So I don't know. This, this, they're going to be a middle of the road team. And I agree with Matt. Everybody's discounting the, well, in my opinion is everybody's discounting the fact of, of Gordon Hayward and how, how much better he's going to be more like Gordon Hayward this year. And by mid season before the trade deadline, I don't think it's, un, I don't even think it's out of like unlikely that Ainge wouldn't make a good deal. There's still a ton of assets there. Plus they have the, the Memphis pick. I mean, yep, there's, there's still time. There's still basketball to be played. And, and uh, I don't think the Eastern conference got any they, better with, the recent news. So, uh, I mean, even though New Orleans is in the West, obviously, but even with Kyrie probably going to Brooklyn, we'll see where Al Horford ends up. But I just, unless he Marcus Saul goes somewhere else and he goes up to Toronto or something, that would be interesting. Uh, boy, would that be something if if Al Horford and Kawhi played together for the next well, four years? That? that would be insane. Uh, anyway, I digress. But it goes um, to Brooklyn. I don't, I don't see it as being a. a, no, I, a, hope a that I hope that wouldn't happen. It would but never I'll, I'll happen. Tell you, I just don't see Horford and Kawhi. That might be the team to watch up there. That would be. That would be something. No, I'd move to Toronto for that. What if he went to Brooklyn? I would, I would throw up on my shoes. <laughs> that would be. I was just emailing with uh, Anna Horford. Of course, she's. I would hate that. She's keeping her mouth hey, shut. What, but I said. What if he uh, said they signed Rozier? No matter. If he left or not, could you guys hear me? No yes. matter if he left yeah. or not, I'm like, I'm like, no matter if he left or not, uh, the only way I would be pissed, like really pissed would be, and as a fan, would be if he went to Brooklyn. Oh, yep. my God. That would be like, that would be the worst. That would prove that it, that it was not Kyrie that was the problem, that it was probably somebody on the team right now. Or that that is, right. maybe it's not Kyrie. Trust me when I tell you. He is um, all right, we're on the here. Thank you so much for calling us. Hey, man, thanks. No no problem, guys. He's 100% not going to Brooklyn. Yeah, I haven't talked to you in forever. I know, guys. It was good. Really good. It's been forever, uh, Calvin. All right, Rory, I'll see you at your barbecue, hopefully. Bye. Oh, beautiful. Love it. See you soon, (laughs) man. Bye-bye. Later. Calvin, take a trip. Go over here. Come to the the barbecue (laughs) August 3rd. Sounds nice. Um, You and Jeff are do we hang out? I don't, I hardly ever see him to be honest with you. We can make it. Um, I do have one very quick last thing here before we jump off. I was just floating over to uh, Celtics.com. And I I think I have something for a potential 
a new game for us for our, our next show because we used to play games around here and we, we didn't really haven't really done one in a long time. So um, the Celtics have put together what they're calling the Robo Celtic, and it they've they've listed off a whole bunch of things like vision, uh, hands, foot speed, coordination, all these these traits that a player should have, and they have told us who the their the player is that played for their organization that best illustrates that trait. Uh, so I, I think it's kind of interesting. A lot of the players are, are Hall of Fame caliber players. Some of them are not. And the ones that are not are kind of funny. So I figured that the, we could go through that at some point. But I just throw it out there as a little teaser. Okay. Sounds fun. The Robo Celtic. Ridiculous. Anyway, that's it for us tonight, unless you have anything else. No, we're already over, so uh, play that music. All right. I gotta find it first. Maybe we'll get to the last. Maybe we'll get to the last next week if we do a show. Oh, this is the wrong music. This is your party music. I'll play your. All right. Good night, everyone.